Hello and welcome to Inspire Me Today Radio. I'm your host, Gail Lynn Goodwin. I want to welcome you and really thank you for joining us here today. You know, Inspire Me Today, we're here. We're first off grateful to be part of your daily routine, and we're really honored to have you as part of our community because we can't do it alone. We all know that together we do things much better than we can do alone. Yet many times when we're challenged, we think we have to solve that problem all by ourselves. We believe that we have to carry the burden alone. And most importantly, in today's super busy world, I think sometimes we forget that we're really connected. We are so much greater than who or what we think we are. We forget the true magnificence of who we really are inside. Today's guest firmly believes that when you learn to rely on a power that is greater than yourself alone, then miracles can and do happen. As a number one award-winning author, intuitive energy healer, and angel expert, she's here to remind us that we are not alone and to share her inspiration with us. Her name is Joanne Brokus, and I am honored to welcome her to InspireMeToday.com. Joanne, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you so much, Gail. I'm delighted to be here. Well, Joanne, jump right in. Tell us a little bit about your story, what you do, but more importantly, how did you get to be who you are today? And I mean who you are, not what you are. Oh, thank you. Well, you know, from the very earliest memory I've had as a child, I've always felt a really close connection to a higher power, to God's holy angels. It's hard to explain how I came to understand that as a child, but it was more of a feeling of being divinely watched over and protected and connected to where I felt my real home was. I remember one of my earliest memories was having my guardian angel speak to me within my mind, my mental energy, and just, it was at a time where I was a bit fearful and worried, and it was an overwhelming feeling of love combined with a mental message that everything was going to be okay, and I was just to become, um, to just let go, and everything was going to be okay. And with the added feeling of divine love, I totally felt an instant shift and felt safe. To, to try and explain it, it was like I was probably worried about seeing someone new. It felt even though I was in my family itself, that right. I was in a new place. And I was probably having memories of being back in the spirit world, in the heaven world where the angels are. And I was concerned about fitting into this family. And the angels came and they helped me to understand that I was safe and secure and everything was going to be okay. And I just needed to trust. How old were you when this happened, Joanne? This was very young. I'm talking about um, around about the age of four, three or four. I was very young. I'd already had meningitis as a child and I was aware of healing energies from the, a spiritual realm. But after that, after the age of four, up until about the age of seven or eight, I just felt a divine presence around me. But nobody needed to communicate with me because my life was flowing in a way where I fit in with family and I was obviously young and being watched over from about eight years old again I noticed the angels coming closer into my life now is this something that you were raised with I mean were your parents very spiritual or religious people 
this is this is um what what I can understand because no, my family's not religious, and the only time that I ever went to church was with my grandmother, a god lover she she was really close to me and and I think I went with her once or twice to church on a palm Sunday when I was staying in her house, but my my family was definitely not religious but so when I straight when when I think Sorry, go on. No, I was just going to ask. So, if you're if you're four years old and your family's not religious, and if my four year old child said to me, "Hey, Mama, I'm talking to angels," I'd want to know a little bit more. And I'm wondering how did this go? How did this go down with your family? What what was your mom's reaction to all of this? Well, do you know what was really really funny? When I was just a wee bit older than four, I said to my dad, "Hey, Dad." I can feel some person here at the bottom of the stairs. I can feel them. And they're talking to me. And my father, in in just assuming that it was my childhood innocence and I was make-believe, he went, oh, that's nice, and just walked on past into the kitchen. So it wasn't, I didn't feel like I need to share that with them. They knew that I had kind of um, a spiritual connection by the things I used to say. I used to say things like, I didn't feel like, this was right. I used to always talk about feelings as a child. This is how I could communicate properly, properly because of my feelings. But no, I didn't actually come out and say, Mum, I have an angel speaking to me. Because at the time, all I knew was, I didn't say to my angel, who are you? I just knew that there was a spiritual power helping me. So I just assumed in my childhood innocence that this was the thing for everybody. But no, my family certainly was not religious and are not part of any spiritual organization. So, but, you know, I have been thinking of this scale. And and funny enough, it is, I have wrote this in the book as well, my book. I know what helped me to keep my connection with the angels strong and with a higher power and God open. I know what that was because when I was in school, from primary school now, a very young when I was at school, at every single lesson, at the end of each night, when we used to put our chairs and our desks tidy, we used to place our hands together in prayer, and we used to quote a beautiful angelic prayer. This prayer touched my soul, and at night, I, I recited the very same prayer. So not only did this powerful prayer frequency become part of my or my energy frequency, it helped to elevate my consciousness, even though I didn't know that it was doing this at the time because I was so young, and it certainly helped to keep the lines of communication with heaven open. Interesting. It's very important from a, from a young age to start communicating with so, a higher power. So, Joanne, how did you go from, from that, from a childhood raised in a non-religious family where you're literally talking to angels on a daily basis, to doing the work that you do now. Have you ever done anything except this, or you just kept going as a child and have only ever done this work? Yeah, this is like so fascinating for me because I was passionate about this subject. And so what is strange, even though my mom didn't kind of share the same passion as me, she would start for maybe Christmas or my birthdays. She would buy me books that she thought I might be interested in. These books were more, not so much in the lines of angels or a higher power, but they would be things like 
um, healing and uh, ghost stories, like things she thought my teenage years would enjoy. Mm. And I absolutely loved these books. And it started my passion for reading and studying. But what happened was, when I left school, I went straight into hairdressing. And this was my career, and it was a form of me um, learning to work one-on-one with people, building my confidence to connect with people. I felt connected to them because I was doing their hair, and it was a personal thing, and I was touching them, their hair. And we connected in a way where they would open up to me, and I automatically knew what to say to help them. And it wasn't me that was giving this advice. It was advice flowing through me from a higher power. And people started to notice this. And especially the people in my hairdressing salon, because then they started asking me for readings. And they would say, can you read my palm? And I'm thinking, why do I need to look at your palm? It's not your palm I'm reading. It's the spirit world. The angels tell me what to say to you. But it felt more comfortable for them to actually give me their palm because it seems more um it's like a tool so they have something to rely on they don't need to think that maybe a higher power is speaking to me sure but there you go and it, and this is what happened so with my hairdressing career i started to connect with people in that way and the region started to happen but i also knew and the angels encouraged me to do so that i would really need to develop my consciousness more. And this was not just going to happen through working one-on-one with people. Because, yes, you do learn a lot of information from working with clients and friends and loved ones. But I also needed to um, study and become a bit more involved mm-hmm. with spiritual knowledge and wisdom. And well, I was 17 years old when I first walked into a spiritual church. Wow. Well, you know, a lot of people would say, wow, this this gal's got an easy life. She's had these angels sitting on her shoulders, literally, from the time she was tiny. Have you ever felt fear? Have you ever had adversity? Oh. Those kind of things. Talk to me a little bit about that. Oh, absolutely. Definitely. I felt fear. I felt fear like everyone else, else feels fear. Just because I have angels. Everybody's got angels. All that's happened is I've kept a conscious connection to my angels. But I've certainly had adversity and fear in my life. Um, For instance, uh, my parents got divorced after being together. Well, I I was 21 years old, and I felt a very um, strong uh, kind of responsibility to be there for my brother, to help him through that, to help my father. And I felt like I was a a spiritual counsellor for the whole family because I got married at such a young age as well, only 21, and my mother moved in with me. So there's been times where there's been um, sorrow, uh, depression, anxiety, fear. I mean, if you're going back to my younger life, there was times when I definitely got saved from evil intentions because of the help of my guardian angel. So I, now, I've had that as well. But yeah, sorry, go on, Gail. <laughs> That's all right. No, you mentioned everyone has angels. So if, if yes. I mean, I, I also believe this, but what I really want you to touch on here, Joanne, if you would, please, how can people tap into that in a more intimate way to create that kind sure. of connection, that bond that, I mean, I, I think everybody would admit 
that we often say prayers or we talk to angels or to spirit or to whatever you want to call it, but sometimes hearing the answer is a little more difficult. And it seems that that's what you've got nailed is that you're able to hear the answer as well. Well, this it didn't just come all overnight. It's not that I hear it 24-7. I have to be in, it's not like I'm going to hear it when I'm highly stressed or if I'm going to be in any kind of um, fear or anxiety. But it's definitely, absolutely in my life, I've heard clear, directive voices telling me to pay attention to something, what to do, what not to do on two or three occasions. And this has absolutely helped me. My angels have saved me from um, being hurt in a car crash. They've saved me from violence. They've saved me from several things. But I also want to say that I'm not special and anybody can build this exact same relationship as I have with the angels. And the way you start to do this is through prayer frequency, but it's not just um, a prayer frequency where you would just say it. You need to align with divine mind and divine heart, which simply means you need to clear within your soul anything that is interfering with your connection to a higher power. It's not just about clearing limiting beliefs. Life isn't just about clearing beliefs. It is about remembering who you are and aligning to a divine power. To build your conscious connection with the angelic realm, you can start praying each night and asking for the angels to move closer within your life. You can tell them that you would like to um hear these thoughts they they help for guidance within your mind and it is only god's holy angels will do this because you know it is an angelic feeling or thought when it is in agreement with the word of god that doesn't need to be on a religious thing where it's connected to the bible an agreement on the word of god is connected to divine love so you know for sure that it would be the angels telling you to do something. They would never tap, interfere in your life unless it, uh, it was for a specific purpose, maybe to save you from something or to help guide you in the right direction because they know that if you go down a certain path, it's not going to be for your greatest good. Perfect. You have said the quote, Joanne, and I'm going to read it, and then I'd like you to expand a little bit more on this, if you would, please. Your quote was, yes. live your truth, follow your heart, love yourself, love your life, because with love in your soul, you will never, ever fail. That, oh, to me, was like, it, it was know, like, seriously, words from heaven. It was wonderful. I, I have that written in front of me because that is something that I think anyone in any situation, if they're going through any kind of adversity, to read that again and again and again and to just reaffirm within that because of that kind of love, we cannot fail. So I'd love for you to talk to us a little bit about that. Well, well, Gino, you're absolutely right about the fact that they're words from heaven because they are not words that come from my consciousness. They are words that come from a higher power. That was given to me in um, a wonderful poem that I channeled in about 2003. And I absolutely remember standing on the stage or on the platform in a big church and I had to recite this poem to everybody in the congregation. 
Now, back home in the UK at this time, nobody claps at the end of in church. It's just the it's just the thing that that would be an etiquette kind of. But at the end of this poem, everybody started clapping, and I and this is not any praise for me. This is praise for a higher power because that poem touched their souls. It spoke directly to them. It helped them to ignite a spark within them that give them confidence and courage and belief and and to help them remember who they really are a divine soul a divine spark of the one power and it, and it would help them to encourage them and i've literally put this poem in most of my books but especially in my book the power of angels because it was the angels that gave me this book so if this poem can help to inspire and uplift any then I am delighted that it's going to touch those people's lives because that was the intention. And to be honest, when I was writing this poem, it came so quick that I couldn't edit it until later because the words were just flowing through my mind. I was in such a state of joy and happiness and a connection to the divine. And I knew that although I wrote this poem in 2003, that this poem would become... um, it, it would expand, it would have its own energy and it would serve to help people later in my life. Outstanding. Well, thank you for sharing this with us. You know, Joanne, you inspire so many people with your work. Who or what inspires you? Oh, that's such a lovely question. I get inspired by anybody who is bringing divine truth and divine love into the world through their own creativity, through their own um, creative power and perception. So one of the biggest things that I love to do is read. So I'm always looking forward to reading something that touches my soul. And there are so many wonderful spiritual teachers out there. And even people that don't like, that you would meet, strangers that you would meet that would say something to you that would touch your heart. I look for inspiration every single day i get inspired through songs through um just through music i I tell you who inspires me a lot is my husband he's also an author and a spiritual uh teacher he he often inspires me and we are blessed because sometimes i receive spiritual messages through him that maybe i'm not perceiving myself and the angels will um, work through my husband so I do feel rather blessed that way my friends tell me that I'm lucky and I say no it's not lucky it's blessed <laughs> oh that's wonderful so well tell us a little bit more about your your new book the power of angels I understand that was just released yes yeah, sure um thank you this book is really important to me because it's something that I wrote a while back and you know it was a book that I know a lot of people write books about angels, but it wasn't just about the angels that I needed to place in this book. I knew that I wanted to um, bring the awareness that angels were a stepping stone to a higher power of the spiritual hierarchy of God and to for people to understand that you they, you do not need to be religious to connect with a higher power or to work through the angels. And it was okay because the angels take our prayers to the divine. So the book is filled not just about angels, but an awareness on how to connect with the higher power and to heal 
anything, any interference that may be in a way of establishing a clear connection mm-hmm. to higher power so that we can more easily, we can become more easily able to hear, sense and feel the angels around us. I make a point of saying in the book that it, it, it is not physical, um, a physical way that you will interact with the angels because they're spiritual beings. So it's a spiritual way. However, during meditation, it is possible to be able to raise your consciousness enough so that you can get a glimpse of what your angel will look like. And, and there's, a, there's a specific meditation within my book that will help you to feel and sense the angels around you and also to see your angel and your angel will deliver you a symbolic gift. It's a brilliant way to connect with a higher power because it's getting your conscious mind out of the way and your subconscious mind, your creative mind, your mind that connects you with the higher realm comes into play and your angels will use this to reach you. They can place an impression within your higher mind of what they they would look like so that you can become more familiarized with their energy you will be able to feel what they they look what they feel like to you and you will be able to have an image in your mind of how they um, appear to you and then you will become more familiar and and you'll be able to hear they'll be able to eventually place thoughts within your mind your higher mind not your intuition your higher intuition so that you will hear thoughts and directed from the angels helping you. So when you were, even back when you were doing folks' hair, when you do readings now, when you touch people, when you're near people, do you actually physically look at them and see angels around them? Yes, but not not in a, not in a physical sense where I would, it would be a glimpse, because I don't want to give the wrong impression that, hey, I can see angels and nobody can because that's not true because it would be a glimpse. I could look at somebody and I would know if there's divine energy there or I would know if the angel is trying to communicate with them and the person has closed their mind or closed their heart um, in whatever way through disappointment, adversity, hurt, stress, or just simply a disbelief in a higher power. So I would know when somebody's angel is closed and when somebody's angel is further away. But their angel never leaves them. They're always there trying to reach them, trying to connect with their consciousness, trying to help them elevate their spirits, uplift them, administer healing energy to them. But so, yeah, I, I kind of get that feeling with people every you know, every time I'm connected to them. So does everyone have one? Uh, yes, absolutely one. And more than likely, more than one, several angels. There are more angels than we can count. They are innumerable. Um, there's different classes of angels. But in, on, on the level of guardian angels, we definitely have one. But people who work with a higher power or who are, are more in touch with their own divinity within will attract several ring, angels around them. Angels will be attracted to anywhere where there is celebration of the divine, but they will also be attracted to to our celebrations, our birth, um, when we um, celebrate the love of uh, you know somebody who's passed over, and they will attend funerals, and they will help. They will be there for graduation and for any kinds of 
physical celebration because they know we are in joy. And when we are in joy, we are more closely connected to divine energy and draws the angels in. Interesting. So you'd think that in times of adversity, when you're going through the lowest, darkest times of your life, that's when you'd be surrounded by more help, more angels. And yet it seems the opposite. No, they are there. The angels are there and they will send you healing energy. But if you are going through adversity, you can interfere with your connection to the divine. So it's, it's not about them not helping you. They are there helping you. All you are doing is interfering with your um, conscious connection. So you may not readily receive divine inspiration as easy as you want, but God will always reach you through the angels and through other people. So you're still receiving the spiritual health, but you can diminish your own what a concept that we can get in our own way <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> exactly. i mean i think we because, do that quite often well joanne let me ask you this what steps or practices do you do each and every day as part of your personal regular routine that keep you on track and the reason i'm asking you to share this is if you could give us one or two tangible things that someone could do to deepen their own connection to their own divinity. Oh, yes, sure. Because, you know, for many, many years, when I was developing my spiritual connection to a higher power, I absolutely meditated every single day. And I know most people will tell you this, but I'll say something now. I don't meditate every day now, and my connection has not diminished. So it is important to meditate in the beginning. If this is going to be something new to you, I would absolutely suggest that you meditate in the beginning. What keeps my connection strong now is specific prayer frequencies and also contemplation. That's one of the most important things. I often sit and contemplate. Yes, you could call that a kind of meditation, but I'm not actively closing my eyes and meditating. I am contemplating on divine knowledge and divine truth. So I'm contemplating on things that may maybe I haven't yet mm-hmm. um, kind of discovered and, and want to draw this information into your life because knocking the door shall be open, seeking you shall find that kind of thing I'm contemplating. So I would definitely suggest in the beginning to do a form of meditation. The meditation that I most recommend is not the meditation where you would sit um, and listen to music or to or go through a guided visual tape. The, the most important meditation for me and for my life was to sit in silence because you are sensitizing your inner mind to the angels, to a higher power. This is really simple to do, and it is something that that if you work on and build, I promise you it will definitely strengthen your connection to be able to hear a higher power. So Doing this meditation, yeah, this meditation actually helped me to strengthen my um, communication with the angelic realm, with the higher power, so much so that um, I became known quite for my accuracy in mediumship. And I got, in the whole of Wales, I became, um, I got 
I went to, I got, I made the final. I made the final for the best female medium in the whole of Wales. And I tell you, it was because of this meditation. Go back just a moment, Joanne. When you talk about the meditation, I think some people say, well, I've tried to meditate, and I sit there in silence, and then I think, oh, I've got to pick this up at the grocery store, and my kids are after the soccer practice, and da 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 and all this stuff in your mind. What is your secret, your tip for how do you quiet that mind? It's hard to just be silent and think nothing. You're absolutely spot on because you know when I say now that this is easy right this is something that I've said is easy I've been doing it every day for maybe 10 years meditating but in the beginning I could only do a few minutes so I'm talking less than five minutes because my mind would be always hmm, what's for supper or what do I need to do next do I exactly. need to buy this book so I knew my own limitations, and I could only do maybe three or four minutes. But soon, with persistence and commitment and dedication, those three and four minutes turned into ten minutes. I, I, I built it up to half an hour each morning. And to be fair, that's what worked for me. It may not work for other people because of their schedules. It may be easier for them to meditate at night. Or if they're going to have a bath, or if they're going to, to just to find that little piece of time, and they can do it maybe for 15 minutes, not half an hour. But it, it is only through persistence, dedication, and commitment. So I would say, don't let that bother you when your mind starts wandering. All you know is that you're going to be getting stronger and stronger at it each time that you sit in meditation. You can. I. I it's not that I wanted to say give yourself a mantra to bring yourself back. Because it was more important to just to sit and just to be at peace with yourself. But you could say something like divine love flows through me or divine love empowers me. But then you're using your mind energy. So that would just be helping you to switch off from thinking, I've got to pick up the children for, from school later. I've got to buy this in the supermarket. So that's just to help you to bring your mind back into the present moment to be centered and balanced. However, if you can persist at sitting and just being at peace with yourself, and if your mind does wander, you know, you'll soon notice that you can't remember what you've been thinking about. That's when you know you've been sitting in silence. <laughs> it's been working. <laughs> oh, this is, yeah. good. this is good information, Joanne, and I really appreciate your sharing it with us. Again, I'm very grateful for the insights that you've already shared if you were to now summarize your greatest wisdom that you've learned so far in life, what have you learned that you'd want to pass on to others right here, right now? Oh, this is absolutely for me, from personally for me, would be to listen to your heart. This is what I've done in my life. I've listened to my heart. And at times, it's been painful initially because of the decisions I had to make. And I didn't want to do it, and because of fear, but honestly, I knew that if I listened to my heart and just went through the temporary stages of maybe emotional pain, that eventually the clouds would clear and I would be even happier than I was today. But that's because 
I'm, I'm through this. I try to pass this wisdom on to my friends when I can see when they... It's easy to tell somebody to listen to their heart. It's not as easy to do it. Because they can see in my life where I've listened to my heart and they think for some reason that I'm lucky because of the things that's worked out for me. Of I course. It's nothing, to do with, it's nothing to do with luck. It's because I listen to my heart. If you follow your heart, the wisdom that resides within your heart is closely connected to your divinity within, your divine power, which is connected to God. So if you listen to your heart, you will be guided. It's not going to be easy, and there will be difficult decisions to make at times. My heart took me away from my family and friends in Swansea to Scotland. So I've moved 600 miles away from Wales to Scotland, which it's not a big deal for many people, but for me, I'm close to my family and friends, and, and I knew that I had to go. I had to follow my heart for my career. So it was, a, it was a sacrifice I needed to make, and even though I was totally lonely when I did this, and I really wanted to come back home, I persisted, and six months later, things absolutely fell into place for me. It became... Um, it made me aware of trusting in the divine power through listening to your own heart. And I just wanted to tell the world, hey, you need to listen to your heart. It really does work out for you. And this is one of the reasons how the poem came about. But also, I feel that when you listen to your heart, you are listening to, you're, you're, connect, you're loving yourself, you're listening to yourself, you're listening to your own inner um, power, and you are helping yourself to become aligned with divine love you recognizing that love within you have unconditional love for yourself because it is so important to put yourself first because when you put yourself first you have far more energy within you to help others if you don't put yourself first by addressing the issues of your heart then eventually resentment anger depression and not only that Giving up on dreams and desires, they move further away from you because of, of not listening to your heart. I would love to be able to help people to listen to their heart. I couldn't agree with you more. And, you know, one of the things I think I've really learned also is listen to your heart, and I would add, without judgment. And the reason I say that is so many times my heart tells me things, and it's like, really? But that's crazy. And so many times I think, I think people put their, their ideas or their passions or their dreams aside because they, in their left brain linear mind, judge that, that what, whatever it is they hear, that voice, that, that urging, they judge it and say, but that's just stupid. I shouldn't move 600 miles away. That's just crazy. Why would I do that? I'll be happier here. And they kind of talk themselves out of what their heart tells them to begin with. Do you find that? Oh, that is just the perfect way of describing exactly what I try to explain to my <laughs> friends. <laughs> that, that is absolutely spot on because it is so true. Your rational mind, your left brain tries to interfere, which is also connected to our lower self and ego. And, and, it's a, and, and it can give brilliant arguments for the reason why you should not go. Okay, why you should not do something because hey, you might fail. It gives you it gives you plenty of arguments, and the arguments can sound really good if you start listening to them. You soon start to become a bit more fearful about trusting your heart and a bit more and, and boring. The, yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, life isn't nearly as fun. 
is you come, it, it is, it, you become more, I would say, controlled. Uh, you become, you become less free in your creativity. It stifles your soul. Yep, to me, that's what getting old is. And what I mean by that is when I think of, there are people that I know in their 20s that I think of as old. There are people in their, in their 90s that I think of as young. Because to me, it's a state of mind that determines your level of risk, your level of fear, your level to say yes to whatever shows up in your heart, whatever shows up to in life. And that, what you're talking about as far as listening to your heart, putting yourself first, following those dreams, I mean, isn't that what we're here for in the first place? I mean, I don't, th- exactly. I don't, I don't think that is selfish. I've actually had friends that have said to me, well, if I put myself first and I follow my dreams, um, then my, you know, my family will suffer or this will suffer or that will suffer. And I look back at people like Helen Keller or Henry Ford or Steve Jobs what if they hadn't done what was in their heart? How different would our world be today? I think it would be significantly different if the dreamers did not follow their dreams. And it makes me wonder for those of you that are sitting on a dream that you've had for how long now? You've had this burning passion, but you're afraid to do something with it. The question I would ask you is, whose world, who is waiting for you to fulfill your dream? Because just like we didn't know we were waiting for Steve Jobs to invent Apple and create these cool computers, but I can't imagine my life now without it if he hadn't done that. And it makes me wonder how many people are sitting on dreams thinking that it's selfish to follow that dream when in fact, it's almost more selfish not to. Wow. See, you very inspirational, Gail. That is beautiful. And that's absolutely true. And, you know, it makes you excited for the fact that there's so many people with dreams in their heart out there that are going to follow their heart. Yes. And we've yet to experience their beautiful creation. Exactly. I mean, because when, otherwise it's pretty, it's pretty boring. I mean, if when you follow the dream and you do something that you might think is outside of your comfort zone and you might think is something that is outrageous, life gets so much more fun. Yes, it might be a roller coaster. But again, if you know that you've got your, that your angels have your back, what do you have to lose? And that's so true. And because not only that, but God will put the dreams in your heart. If the dreams are in your heart, they are there for a reason. Absolutely. It's our free will will to be able to follow those dreams. But we can have heart to do so. They would not be in your heart if they weren't meant to be in there. They are there to be, to be cherished, to be molded, to be, there may be things like study you have to do. There's plenty of things to unfold your innate spiritual gifts and talents. But if the dream is in your heart, it is there for a reason. Yes, yes, yes. Well, let, let me continue on that, that thread, so to speak, if I can, Joanne. If you personally had one more thing in your lifetime, just one more thing that you could accomplish or experience, what would it be? You know, that's so lovely because then I I will say this, and I don't think too far ahead, but the the dream that I have is, I've already started it. it, it is about another book because writing is my absolute passion. And the book that I'm in the middle of writing now, which is going to be coming out maybe next year. This has been my passion for a long time, and it's a book about healing with divine power. So this would be 
it would be to continue on with my writing, to continue to grow in spiritual understanding and wisdom so that I may be a channel for a higher power to reach more people. And Excellent. As many people as, as many people as God would be willing to, to give me the responsibility to do so. Excellent. Well, we'll continue to promote and your book, The Power of Angels, and our community. You guys already know this. Just come on back to inspiremetoday.com. Go to the little search box, and you can just put in Joanne, J-O-A-N-N-E. Last name is Brokus. Yeah. Am I pronouncing that right? Yeah, it's Brokus. Yeah, you, Brokus. you are. Okay. You are well, your your accent, as I mentioned, is absolutely lovely. And uh, so I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't messing up your name too badly. But the last name is Brokus, B-R-O-C-A-S. But you guys know, all you need is the first name, and it'll bring up all the Joannes. And I don't think there are that many. So you can find Joanne Brokus. And when you click on her inspiration, you're going to have such a treat in store when you read her today's brilliance. And then you can also go to her profile, see her bio, and also look at the links that are there that will take you to where you can purchase the book. So, Joanne, we greatly appreciate you spending the time with us. I mean, this has just been fun. I appreciate that you can take a subject as deep and as rich, as seriously as as angels. And yet we had a really enjoyable chat about this. So thank you for sharing your wisdom in such a lovely way. You know, I thank you so much, Gail, because I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I'm so passionate about the subject. And I'm just so grateful for this opportunity. So thank you so much. Well, thank you again for joining us here at InspireMeToday.com. We're honored to feature you as one of our luminaries. And to our listeners, thank you for spending part of your day with us. Come on back again next week. We'll bring you inspiration from another incredible luminary. And until then, remember, it's only when you have the courage to step off the ledge that you realize you've had wings all along. We love you. We're here for you. We'll see you again tomorrow. And thanks again for stopping by.